0: Welcome to 630 Miles, an audio journey brought to you by the Southwest Coast Path Association. So this is a podcast for everyone who loves the Southwest Coast Path. Along its 630 mile route, the path connects communities, people, places and nature and provides health and well-being benefits to the 9 million visitors it attracts each year. I'm Rachel, a Southwest Coast Path completer, mile maker fundraiser, host of my own podcast, and now a volunteer with the Association. This podcast series has been created as part of the Association's 50th anniversary. Each month, we'll bring you an episode packed full of interesting conversations, and I'll be speaking with people who have the path close to their hearts and minds. We'll be covering many topics, including history and heritage, nature, mental health and well-being, as well as hearing memories From those who've walked the path and those volunteering with us so thanks for joining us we hope you'll listen every month throughout the association's 50th trailblazing year so welcome to the very first episode of 630 miles this episode is entitled a 50th celebration an introduction to the South West Coast Path Association and we're delighted to have three guests in this inaugural episode. We'll be speaking with Ken Carter who's a trustee of the association and a path rep and chair of the Trails Partnership. We'll also be speaking with Julian Gray, director of the Southwest Coast Path Association and then Aletha Mays, head of communications at the association. I really can't wait to hear from them all so let's begin right away and thanks for listening. Hello so our first guest on our very first podcast is Ken Carter. Ken good morning and I understand that you've been involved with the Southwest Coast Path Association for a very long time now is that correct?
1: Yes that's right um, certainly within the last 10 years um, I've been actively involved with the association but I, I knew of the association when I moved to Devon in the mid 80s so um, yes I've been involved with them in some way or other for some time.
0: For a long time and so at the moment you're trustee of the South West Coast Path Association, you're a path representative and you're also chair of the Trails Partnership so perhaps you could tell me a little bit about what that job involves being chair of the Trails Partnership.
1: Well the the Charles Partnership is made up of all the um, local authorities, the National Trust uh, and the charity, the association, who come together to to actually do the work on the ground uh, and make mm-hmm. the trail what it is. And okay. uh, my job is really to make sure that the partnership runs smoothly and... Uh, that the, the partnership basically delivers um, the work that needs to be done. Um, we get a grant from Natural England um, that goes towards that maintenance work each year and right. some of the um, improvements. So um, I think my job really is to make sure that that grant is distributed well amongst all the partners. I see. That um, they uh, do the, the roles that they need to do.
0: Yeah, so quite a big responsibility for you
1: there. Um, yes, I, I think so. But most most of the people that we work with um, really want to deliver the best job they can. So it's not a hard job to do.
0: Yeah, and you're working, as you say, with people who've all got a common interest and all a sort of common passion for, for making the paths as, as good as they can be.
1: That's right. All the path managers around the 630 miles a really, fair, you know, dedicated people. Um, the only the issue that we have is that there's not enough time to do all the work that needs to be done.
0: Yes, I'm sure most people listening to this podcast will be able to relate to that in one aspect or other. So, so tell us a little bit, Ken, about your association with the Southwest Coast Path Association itself.
1: Well, I've got um, a, a professional link to the, the to the Coast Path, really, in the past. Um, when I moved to Devon uh, in the mid-80s, I, I became the Heritage Coast Officer. Uh, mm-hmm. And my job was to try and help manage the path between Brixham and Plymouth. So okay. during those days, it was a, it was a matter of um, filling the gaps between um, mm-hmm. the real coastal footpath and, and some of the the path used to, in them days, um, follow roads and, and and green lanes so it was about trying to do so I had a sort of professional interest in in the coast path um, mm-hmm. and when I retired um, from sort of local authority work um, as things tend to happen in your careers you you get further and further away from what you're really interested in um, yeah and I tended to be dealing with local authority corporate budgets, and uh, when I retired I wanted to uh, spend more time on the coast to go back to actually put something back into um, looking after it, Um, so I volunteered with the association, Um, I contacted the the secretary at that time, Steve Church, who I used to to know uh, as Mm -hmm. a colleague when I was working. Uh, and he yeah. asked if I, if I could get involved with the 40th anniversary event that was being organised then. So that that's really how I got involved with the association um, some 10 years ago now.
0: Gosh, that's a long time. And, and you're now, of course, um, a volunteer in two respects. You're a trustee and you're a PATH representative, um, which I know sort of looks after sections of the PATH. How do those two roles complement one another?
1: Well, they actually complement each other very well because as a trustee, um, you're responsible for looking at the running of the charity and uh, um, making sure that the business plan the charity has is delivered. And that involves um, financial management and, dare I say it, quite a few meetings. And um, <laughs> while I like uh, attending meetings it's really nice to get out on the path. So being okay. a path um really is the opposite to that. It, it really yeah. it gives me an opportunity to get out um, to a really nice patch. I, I'm responsible for the bit between Torque Cross and Sawcombe, And uh-huh. so it's a really um, nice, remote, challenging area. Uh, yeah. I'm the eyes and ears on the ground, as it were, for the Coast Path Association. And uh, report any issues to the National Trail Officer, Lorna Sheriff, as and when I, it's needed. And so I, I monitor the, that section of path and to do the annual survey and the path condition survey um, each year. Mm-hmm. So that that is a really nice balance for me in terms of um, voluntary work.
0: Indeed. And in fact, that stretch, I know that stretch that you're talking about, that you look after. I met one of my favourite um I had one of my most favourite wildlife encounters on that stretch with a a miniature Shetland um, calf that uh, was absolutely beautiful. But as you say, it's an amazing stretch of path. I was lucky enough to walk with one of the volunteers on a different stretch. And he too, Tino, was telling me all about, you know, how you look after the path or you you sort of report on the path's um, state at least twice a year. And it's a great way, like you say, of getting out there and being really involved in the outdoors.
1: Certainly, and and my patch, I'm lucky that it's, you know, the most southerly part of Devon and some really interesting wildlife. And I'm involved in uh, doing some survey work on on the the wildlife side of things as well. We're particularly looking at bug life and uh, types of beetles that are found alongside the path, which are very rare uh, as part of the the work that we do. So there's a really nice balance of um, things as well as looking at the signs and making sure all the furniture is sort of in place so that people can find their way we're also getting involved with some of the environmental management of the 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 land either side of the path
0: that's fantastic and a really diverse role for you and as you say gives you a good balance you get to see sort of the best of both worlds but also a very comprehensive overview of the association which must be great i know that um it's obviously a big year for the association with their 50th celebrations. And I think the last time you the the, the association was involved with a celebration, it was their 40th and, and you were involved with that too. So how have things changed in those last 10 years, Ken?
1: Well, the, the charity has changed tremendously in the last 10 years, but it has evolved right from the beginning when the, the early work was about campaigning to, to get the... 630-mile national trail designated. Um, Mm -hmm. Then it moved into providing information for for long-distance walkers and and producing a guide. But um, in the last 10 years, we learned from the 40th anniversary event that we, uh, as an organisation, could raise quite a lot of money and fundraise for the path and put quite a lot back. There seem to be a lot of people out there uh, that use the path, that are willing to, to actually be members, or donate some funds to actually make um, the path better or, or improve it. Certainly, when, when we get storm damage, um, there, there certainly is uh, uh, an opportunity for the charity to grow. So, since the 40th anniversary, um, we have become um, a much more um, diverse sort of a, a appeal to, to not okay. just long distance walkers to everyone that, that uses the trail. We've become a, a charity, I think, that represents all users, um, uh, not just uh, those people doing the, three, the 630 miles, so.
0: Yeah, and, and there that, are so many, sorry, go on.
1: I think that that, um, that appeal is, is getting wider and wider, younger people, yeah. as well as the, as I say, the, the retired folks like me that getting out on the trail. It's nice to see family groups as well getting involved and they becoming members of the charity.
0: Absolutely. And that's one thing that I really noticed when I did the trail last year is just how many different types of groups of people there were out on the path. Like you say, you would expect perhaps that retired people were out there the most because they perhaps had more time, but actually, that wasn't my encounter I encountered lots of different people who were sort of representative of lots of different sections of society so so that was really good to see
1: and I I think that um, since the 40th celebration a lot of the um, partners that we work with the businesses and uh, local authorities understand that uh, the association now represents all all of those people that are walking the path and I think that's a good thing and the Trail partnership, getting back to the original question about uh, what the trail partnership does, brings all mm. of these these partners together and makes the the trail um, really special for everyone.
0: Absolutely. And I think that's the, the, the key word, really special. I know that everybody I've spoken to, everybody I met on the path, everybody I still meet on the path, all use that word. All the time to describe the path it's a very special place for people and it's so much more than a path i guess right. I, on that note ken um and thank you so much for your time i'd just like to end by asking you a really quick question which is do you have a favorite stretch of path
1: well i think it has to be my my local patch really um and uh, it's so varied um and uh, the, the estuary where I live at, at Kingsbridge, Sulkham, um, alongside it. Um, so yeah, a bit between Solcom and, and Torquos.
0: It is a, a beautiful section, and I guess everybody might have a different answer to that question. We shall see as the series goes on. But thanks so much for your time today, Ken. It's been great to talk to you. We're also going to be speaking with Julian Gray and Aletha, both from the association um but it's been great to chat and and thanks for your input and insight
1: okay thank you very much and uh, congratulations on completing it in one go
0: <laughs> yes thank you seems a long time ago now but it was uh, i shall be back don't worry thanks ken so i'm delighted to be joined now by julian gray julian hello hello there so, Julian, you're the director of the Southwest Coast Path Association, but you're also vice chair of the World Trails Network and you're the chair of the National Trails Network. So a busy, a busy guy.
2: Uh, yeah, I mean, it means I don't watch much TV, but also all of those roles work really well together. So it actually it, it helps me by doing all three.
0: Yeah, I can see how they'd really complement each other, the three roles. And Julian, can I start by asking you about the history of the National Trails, of which, of course, the South West Coast Path is the longest in the UK?
2: Yeah, so National Trails kind of saw the, the kind of legislative framework around them um, really sort of starting off in the late 1940s. And in 1949, we had the uh, National Parks and Access to Contract Act, which Uh, gave us uh, our national parks, our areas of outstanding natural beauty, and our national trails. Mm -hmm. And they were really drawn together as three different elements which helped develop our natural health service. Um, And this is, in in terms of context, this is one year after the National Health Service was developed. And really, it was about a post-war Britain trying to come out of recovery, uh, trying to connect people back to nature, and also uh, trying to look at kind of uh, nature and protect our landscapes as well. So there's lots of different elements all drawing together into that uh, into that point. Uh, so that's that's the the formal legal uh, requirement. Obviously, trails themselves have gone back for many many thousands of years because they're mm-hmm. the way of getting between places.
0: Yeah, definitely. And I love that acronym. Is it the NHS? I love that Natural Health Service. And and I think we're seeing more and more the world going that way, aren't we?
2: Yeah, and it's I think what's happened is that uh, during COVID, especially during lockdowns, we started to see how important, or well, it shone the, sp- uh, the spotlight on how important it is that people do get access to green space. Mm-hmm. Um, government is now better understanding some of those benefits of being of, get, of people getting out into green space and getting out and getting close to nature so we're starting to see programs with green prescriptions mm. uh, with people being told by their doctors go out and walk which is fantastic for us
0: it is absolutely fantastic and and so what do you think some of the biggest challenges that face the southwest coast path today might be
2: well, I think there's two really big challenges. Uh, the first one has got to be climate change, which mm. is accelerating. Uh, and the impact of uh, climate change, we're starting to see you know, real impacts now. And I think the the coast path is a bit like the canary in the coal mine, because it doesn't matter which direction a storm comes in for from, it hits us. Mm. Uh, and we're seeing... Yeah, those physical impacts in terms of more coastal erosion or speeding up of coastal erosion in places, but also surface erosion because we're getting more flooding events because we're getting more extreme rainfall events and the like. So that is a big issue. That's also impacting on nature as well. And so uh, if we're looking to try and ameliorate or or get get resilience to climate change, we've, we've also got to think about nature recovery as well as the physical infrastructure of the trail. So that's the first one. And the second one is really picking up on those themes of the natural health service. It's looking at uh, connecting people to nature. Uh, and we have we have still at the moment, a great inequality of access to green space for many communities. Mm-hmm. And as we've become more urbanized over the past 70 years or 80 years, that problem has got worse. And with the advent of uh, technology and people spending a lot of time in virtual space rather than in, in the in the kind of the green space, that also has added to that that problem. So we really need to think about how we get back to nature, how we connect to nature, and we know that there are so many good uh, benefits from that. Not only from just physically walking and the the health benefits that gives, but also the mental well being benefits you get from number one being in green space, number two by being beside water and number three by being physical and all those three things impact on our uh, health and well-being and you combine the three together as you do in the coast path and you end up with like a super vitamin for us so the more of it uh that we can prescribe the better
0: completely and i mean there are two significant problems there but i think we are seeing i certainly think we're seeing evidence of, of change there which is fantastic so you, we mentioned earlier, Julian, that you're also the vice chair of the World Trails Network. How does this fit with and complement your work at the association?
2: So the, the purpose of the World Trails Network is it's a network of trail organisations and trail enthusiasts and trail specialists. And it's really about how we work in partnership, how we share experience um, and a couple of, kind of the, the big things that we're trying to do with the World Trails Network is, number one, articulate the benefits of trails, and that's to governments and to other authorities around the world, um, and also to celebrate those. And so we've already created a, a, um, a World Trails Day, which happens on the first Saturday in June, and that's to celebrate all the volunteers who make trails possible. So that's kind of really important in what the, the network can do, but also different trails around the world do different things and it's really good for us to learn from that so there are trails between countries which are promoting peace the trails in area urban areas which are promoting active, active travel uh, there are trails which have been used for reforestation and nature recovery all of those things are really important and we can learn lessons from those trails and bring them back and you know, see how that can be applied to the southwest coast path and
0: it's great that globally countries are working together to achieve that. And I, I love the idea of that. You you mentioned celebration then, celebrating those trails. That brings us nicely to the, the 50th anniversary celebrations of the association, which is obviously what this podcast is about, but it's what the association is is doing huge amounts of activity and events this year to, to celebrate those 50 years of the charity. Where do you see the Southwest Coast Path in the next 50 years
2: that's that's a really good question. I mean, the, the first part is really let's make sure we all celebrate this year because we've had a, a hard two or three years and it's mm. it's nice to actually do something where we the, the primary focus is just to celebrate the trail and celebrate the volunteers who over the past 50 years have made this one of the world great world's great trails. Mm. Um I think um It's also interesting to look at the role of the Southwest Coast Bath Association. The charity has transitioned over the past 50 years to be more directly involved in managing and protecting and promoting the trail. Uh, And I think if we take those themes of climate change and connecting people to nature, it's what can we do in the future so that more people have access to the trail uh, and also uh, that it, it is resilient to those changes that will happen in terms of climate change so a good example of that is we're looking at uh the the coast as a coastal wild belt this is an opportunity to promote not just a coast for access and for people but also for nature as well and if we can do that in some exemplar projects on the southwest coast path that can then be expanded along the england coast path so it's 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 using the the ideas and thoughts and trying to draw that out and make it make some kind of big ideas and big impacts uh, through what is an amazing trail.
0: So lots of ideas going forward. And you mentioned, you know, more people having access to the path. And I think one of the ideas behind lots of the work that's going to take place this year is just promoting the path and promoting the association. So hopefully, you know, this podcast being an example of that, that the reach will be greater and just get more people involved as well. So Julian, question for you, I I will ask everybody, and I I ask people this on my own journey as well, how would you describe the path in one word, how would you sum it up, so what would you say?
2: My one word would be challenging, Uh, and that's not just because if you try and walk the full 630 miles, then yeah, you're walking from sea level to Everest almost four times over, and that in itself is a major achievement and very challenging, Mm. but a lot of people use a trail uh, to help either recover from something or to move on from something. It's a transitional uh, vehicle in some way. Um, And so uh, one person's challenge might be just walking one mile and Mm -hmm. that is just as important. So I think to be able to articulate the benefits of the trail and how transformative walking can be along the trail uh, is just, is really important. And so that's why we use, the word challenge in in one of our community fundraising programs as well because it's about each person's individual challenge and the trail helps them with that
0: i can certainly concur with that and i know that when i was walking the path there wasn't anybody who who wasn't walking with a purpose really or or, you know challenge came into their answers a lot and and their purpose a lot so yeah great word great word so, Julian, thank you so much for your insight. We've also heard from Ken and we're shortly going to be hearing from Aletha. I wonder if I can ask you a question that I'm also going to be asking the other two, which is do you have a favourite section of the path?
2: Now, that's a really difficult question to answer because, as a director of the charity, I can't, I can't be seen to favouritise one part <laughs> of the trail. However, um, most days if I'm uh, either going to the office or working from home I will walk a stretch of the coast path which is around in southeast Cornwall so that that whole kind of Rame head and Maker and Rame parish area so mm-hmm. for that reason and that reason alone I would say that would be my favourite section.
0: Julian thanks so much for your time today and thanks for helping us to learn a little bit more about the association, about the World Trails Network as well, and how the two complement each other. And it's been great chatting to you, and good luck for your 50th special year.
2: Thank you very much, and thank you for um, doing this podcast. I think it's a great idea and a great way of us being able to celebrate the trail.
0: So it's been so interesting to hear from both Ken and Julian, who both bring something really unique to the association and with such interesting insights into the work that they do. Next up, we'll be speaking with Aletha, Head of Communications. And for this section of the podcast, we go on location. So I'm here this morning with Aletha Mays, Head of Communications at the South West Coast Path Association. Good morning, Aletha.
3: Good morning, Rachel. And what a stunning morning it is.
0: It absolutely is. We're actually recording this part of the episode from the South West Coast Path itself at Trevose Head in North Cornwall. And it is beautiful, isn't it?
3: It is a tad chilly, but apart from that, <laughs> absolutely lovely.
0: It is. We've got the waves crashing behind us, though, so though, so that's beautiful. So, Aletha, it's a really exciting year for the association. I believe it's your 50th anniversary year.
3: It is our 50th anniversary year, yes, and we're um, really excited that it's arrived. We've been planning for some time for it.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. And shortly I'll be asking you about the events that will be taking place in the next year. But first of all, can you tell us how this podcast came to be?
3: Yes, so the podcast came to be, in part, because we love listening to your podcast when you were (laughs) walking the path last year. And um, that kind of got us thinking, oh, it would be quite interesting for us to maybe... Venture down this avenue as a new means of communicating with our existing members and supporters, but also a way of reaching new audiences as well. And so, when you finished doing your walk and you, we were talking, and yeah. it kind of just we kind of came to a bit of an idea that maybe it'd be nice to collaborate in the fiftieth year, and um, for you to very kindly come on board and and host the podcast for the association.
0: Absolutely. And I'm really, really excited to be doing the podcast and excited to be here. And I know we've got some fabulous guests lined up over the next 12 months and some some great topics as well.
3: Yes. So we're going to really be showcasing the South West Coast Path, but also the charity as well. So the people that are behind the charity, so the volunteers, the members, the partners that we work with, some of the sponsors that come on board and really do support, they're really integral. Uh, The Waymaker businesses that are along the path, their livelihood depends on on the South West Coast Path. So we're really excited about, I guess, showing lots of different angles and uh, many people that we work with.
0: Absolutely, and I can't wait to be chatting with them as well. So Aletha, could you tell us a little bit more about the kind of events that are going to be happening in your 50th year?
3: Yes, so one of our events is going to be the Trailblazer Walk, which is going to be a relay walk around the 630 mile route. Obviously, Rachel, you'll be joining us on some of that. And we hope to hopefully, maybe, hopefully, yeah. maybe do a little bit of a live podcast session when we're on that walk. So that walk is going to be starting on the 12th of May at Minehead. And then also another bit will start on the 27th of May from South Haven Point, the end point, and then both walks are going to come round and finish in Plymouth on the 15th of June. So that will be quite a nice event in Plymouth when we all Absolutely. walk in there. That's so exciting. And, and how do people take part or get involved? So it's going to be free to take part. There will be limited spaces. The walk will be split into a morning and afternoon walk each day. And people can Go onto our website and book tickets or they can go onto Eventbrite and look up the Trailblazer Walk and you'll be able to find us on there. So That's
0: fantastic. So lots of opportunity for many, many people to take part because there are lots of different segments of the walk, obviously. There
3: are. We've got some hard days. There is a day where, you know, it's 14 (laughs) miles. Um, But then we have also got easy and moderate walks. So we're hoping that whatever your ability is, that there'll be a segment or a section that you'll feel really comfortable to come along and join us and be part of that and it will just be a great opportunity for the team to actually meet some of the people that support the path and join us on the walk through some stunning locations across the four counties.
0: Such as this one, absolutely. Yes. That's fantastic. I'm really looking forward to that myself. And you,
3: you mentioned a photography exhibition as well? We do have a photography exhibition, yes. So every year we will run an annual photography competition, the South West Coast Path Photographer of the Year, And this year we have decided to showcase some of those images from the competition into an exhibition which will be held at Royal William Yard which is where the headquarters of the South West Coast Path Association is Mm -hmm. and we're really looking forward to it. It'll be our first time of actually you know exhibiting some of the beautiful images that are sent into our competition.
0: What an exciting event to be happening and what a fantastic year ahead. I know you mentioned as well, you you have a special passport, stamping passport this year. We do,
3: yes. So last year we trialled the Coast Path passport, which went down... Very, very well with many of our members and and other people. In fact, we sold out of the first batch within about three hours. Fantastic! So yeah. So what we've done since that trial last year is we've actually asked the people that took the passport out onto the path, and we've also asked our waymaker stamping points for some feedback on how they felt that went, and we've taken that feedback on board. And we've enhanced the passport and we are also trying to, you know, increase the number of stamping points along the path as well. So there'll be more places for people to get the passport and to have it stamped.
0: That's amazing. Well, Aletha, thank you so much for chatting to me this morning um, in this fantastic location. And I look forward to the rest of the podcast series.
3: So do I. And thank you so much, Rachel, for for volunteering and doing this with us. It really is a wonderful way to show how much volunteering can do for the association. So thank you. Thanks, Aletha.
0: Well, that's all for today's episode, a 50th celebration. Thanks to all our guests for their time. And we really hope you've enjoyed learning a little bit more about this very special charity. A reminder that this podcast will be broadcast on Spotify and Anchor FM, usually on the last Friday of each month. Next month, we'll be hearing from the beating heart of the South West Coast Path Association, the volunteers. So I'll look forward to you joining us again soon. If you've enjoyed the podcast, please do share with your family and friends as we want to reach as many people as possible. Thanks again and tune in next month.